The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion, but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This is the first show of 2019. I hope you had a great, great holiday. I'll tell you, I'm rip-roaring ready to go for 2019. We've got a lot going already. This is going to be a very busy year for Million Kids. This show is brought to you by Million Kids. That is M-I-L-L-I-O-N. I apparently say it funny and people think I'm saying me and kids. It isn't. It's Million Kids because more than a million kids are trafficked each year throughout the world. And so if you would follow us on Facebook, you'll find out a lot more, probably more than you want to know about sextortion and social media exploitation, child pornography, and all kinds of human trafficking. And that is what we do. We go throughout the United States. We educate the public. We educate law enforcement, first responders of all kinds. Uh, We educate uh, schools and uh, school officials out there, a lot of therapists and um, uh, counselors and medical personnel and like that. We have a couple of books. We have a book that's been out for a while called Seduce, The Grooming of America's Teenagers. You can get that book at Amazon, but I'd prefer that you would get it at Million Kids because more of the money goes for our work. And I'll sign it and send it to you if you order it through Million Kids. We're about to come out with a new book. It's uh, probably four more weeks. I would really wanted it at January 1st, but no, the Printer is just not budging for for us to get it out early, so uh, we will be getting that out. It's called Societal Shift, A World Without Borders, A Home Without Walls, and it really is all about the impact of technology on uh, crimes of sexual exploitation, both adult and child sexual exploitation. More important, how it will change crime and crime solving. We are going into the most important time in all of history, at least up to date. And literally next year, 2020, the entire world will be connected by Internet. And while it has some powerful opportunities in it, and trust me, I am not against technology. I'm using it today as we uh, broadcast out here for you. I love technology. I think it's the most amazing time in the world to be alive. But technology will also change crimes, and it will increase the amount of victims, especially young victims, that will be sexually violated or virtually sexually violated. And very few people are talking about the impact of that. I'm very, very concerned about it because it's greatly increasing the number of teenagers that are being exploited. And quite frankly, 70% of victims of sex trafficking were previously sexually exploited. So I believe that uh, a portion of our society will be violated through the, the misuse of technology by pedophiles and predators and 
and uh, pimps and cartels and organized crime. And, you know, it makes them vulnerable and available. Uh, Literally, it's a home without uh, walls because 89% of children sleep with their phone, of teenagers sleep with their phone. That means at 3 in the morning in their most vulnerable place, a pedophile can come right between the sheets and go, hey, I'm here, you want to talk. And, you know, we cannot afford to look the other way on that. We need to change how we parent to prepare for this because I call it the greatest societal experiment ever. We're, we're putting our children on those smartphones and tablets, uh, you know, long before we have the sex talk uh, out there. And you say, you be careful on that now. And that's about the best it can get. Okay, I'll check your phone, but I'm not sure what I'm seeing. And so that's allowing our kids to be the guinea pigs for pedophiles and literally to be tested out because parents don't know what to look for. And so a portion of our teenagers are going to end up being violated. I don't believe there is a sex trafficker behind every bush. Neither do I believe that there's a pedophile on every tablet. But I do know that a portion of our kids will become victims. And this is very important to me because I spent much of my life, my mission, and, uh, and I thank you, it is truly a mission, I thank you to each and every one of you that support our work financially so that we can do this. We have literally have tens of thousands, thousands of hours of research on this and continue to research every day. I usually rise around 4 to 5 in the morning and do my research before I go out to speak. And we've educated more than a quarter of a million quarter of a million people now that in person besides all of our media. However, we have a new project that we want to do. And that is a documentary. I want to put this documentary for free in every school in America. What I have found in the years that I've been out training in schools that if you explain to the kids how the internet works and how it's built and what the dark net is and how pedophiles use things like virtual reality and artificial intelligence and vaporware and cryptocurrency and disappearing video and live streaming, how they use that, then they start to understand the universe that we live in. But right now, nobody is explaining that to them. Yeah, there's some social media uh classes out there about safety, but they don't understand the world they live in. And that is what we want to do. So if you're interested in in, uh, joining with us, and literally for uh, probably the least donation dollars in America, we can we can save the most kids. I'm trying to raise eighty thousand dollars. I got over forty thousand of it developed. Actually, it's about forty two five towards that project, and uh, we're looking and seeking for another forty thousand. And we're we're doing a GoFundMe. You just go to GoFundMe. And go in there and under search, put in million kids. Now, on that particular site, there's about $2,500 so far from some amazing people who have come in and given us 50 here, 25 there, 1,000, one of them. I, I greatly appreciate that. I believe that if you want to save kids, that is the most cost-effective way to reach millions and millions and millions of kids and change their lives. Well, this show today, the title of this show is called Overcoming Shame and Adversity. And I've been thinking about this because every day that I work in human trafficking or sextortion and I see kids being violated, 
I say to myself, how do I change this? What can I learn about the predator, the victim, and the perpetrator? And I know that one of the most vulnerable people out there is someone who has been sexually violated. In fact, they believe that 70% of everyone, of minors that are in sex trafficking, that is commercial sex, kids who are in prostitution or being forced into prostitution, were previously sexually violated. Uh, Shame is an interesting factor in it. Um, you know, and and I wanted to talk about that because uh, how do we help our young people overcome shame and adversity? How do we help them find that inner core being that says I'm valuable? How do we help them find that warrior that says I can overcome adversity in there? And uh, this is important because what will happen is I'll speak about this and then both men and women will contact me. Usually the men contact me by email or uh, later they don't come forward in person. More women come forward in person and say, you know, I was violated as a child and I realized when you talk that that greatly increases the chances of my child becoming a victim of sex crimes. Because shame is kind of like the ghost in the room. You know, it's there, uh, but nobody acknowledges it's there. It's kind of like this cloud that impacts us. And shame, I believe, is generational, you know. Um, It's an interesting thing. I was looking up some research studies about Uh, the number of people who are really violated in America. Now, these numbers are older. I'm I'm going to need to get newer numbers because I believe this number is going to change greatly because of the Internet. This study says that one in five girls and one in 20 boys. Now, I have recently seen, and I couldn't get my hands on it before I went on the air, recently seen that said one out of four girls and one out of five boys. So I think that you can't really, I don't, I'm not a statistics person um, because I think a lot of people have been violated that won't talk or don't talk, uh, don't bring it up, happened in the past, deal with it, you survived it, move on, he's dead, she's dead, uh, you know, and so it is difficult to get true numbers. What I do know is it's the single most powerful factor in defining whether or not you or even your child will become a victim of, of uh, exploitation because that shame kind of goes down through you. Now, first of all, let me explain about shame. I am not a psychologist, first of all. I'm not a clinical psychologist. I work in human trafficking. I deal with a lot of clinical psychologists. I've done a huge amount of reading on this subject of experts, and I am going to share with you a couple of experts today that that can help you overcome shame and adversity. Uh, I myself have struggled with shame, and I, I'm not ashamed to say so because 99% of the people in the in the public, if they were to be honest, struggle with some sort of shame. Shame is uh, quite a bit different than guilt. Uh, Guilt says that I did something wrong and I can fix it. But shame says basically I am wrong, Uh, that my my self-esteem is flawed 
and that my self-worth is flawed. And I'm, quite frankly, I don't believe, I believe that it's more common than not that all of us have that, you know, nasty little character down in our soul bouncing around go, told you so, told you so, you're not as good as them. And I, I just, uh, you know, I think that all of us have that. What I do know is that pedophiles and predators have a sixth sense for fishing that out of vulnerable people. They're very quick to recognize when someone is really living from a shame-based approach to life. Um, I don't know if it's just the, the demeanor. I don't know if it's the language. I don't know if they're willing to take risk and try people out. Uh, I'm not really quite sure how pedophiles figured out. I've heard various things. Uh, you know, I heard a story once. It's I don't know why this came to me, but a guy who was a pimp said he would hang out at the mall, and he'd go up to a girl and say, hey, you know, you're, you're really beautiful. And if she looked down instead of looking him in the eye, he knew eventually he could get to her because she is functioning from shame-based. If she was confident, she'd look him right in the eye and tell him to buzz off or some other less Christian language. But anyway, that that is a way of testing out and seeing how confident they are. Well, this is Opal Singleton. The show is called Exploited Crimes Against Humanity, and we are brought to you by Million Kids. Please follow us on Facebook. We are up against this break, so we're going to ask you to stay with us, and we're going to go deep into combating and overcoming shame and adversity in the next section. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. This is Opal Singleton, host of Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Did you know that every day in America, more than 9,000 kids are sextorted? That means blackmail with an illicit or naked photo. This does not have to happen. Million Kids has been educating in schools for over eight years now. And it is my dream to make a documentary that we can give to free to every school in America across the nation to educate our kids about how the Internet works and where a naked photo goes when you hit send. But we need matching funding on this. So if you have it in your heart today to support us in this documentary, please go to GoFundMe Million Kids. That is GoFundMe Million Kids and donate today. We can make this world a safer place for your kids and our kids. GoFundMe Million Kids. Thank you for your support. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Helen Hillix, Todd Benton, and Chris Reeves. Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers. It's the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers, will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are exploring today how to overcome shame and adversity. And I I really want to do this from the perspective of understanding the impact of functioning from a shame-based life approach, if you will, uh, and how that makes you vulnerable. And I think that this is important. I'm talking to adults, and I think it's important for you to look at your own life and whether or not you are functioning from a shame-based platform, if you will, for lack of a better term, because if you are, your children will. Uh, And I, I believe that one of the best ways to protect your child is for you to be healthy yourself. This is very, very important because... When you look at your own life, what will happen is if you deny the shame uh, that you're functioning from and you don't learn to overcome it, it will take control of your life. Uh, I also believe this is important in understanding it from a standpoint of your child because I believe that we are entering a generation of technology-based shame. In other words, uh, one of the reasons that we are doing this GoFundMe documentary is New statistics just came out that said between nine, depending on which research study you look at, nine to 18,000 kids a day are being involved. Well, 18,000 a day are sending a naked photo and at least 9,000 are being sextorted and 58% of that 9,000 will meet up with their predator. And so this does not have to be. So that is why I'm doing the documentary. I want to greatly reduce that number of kids available to a pedophile by having them understand how it all works so that they don't get themselves out there. But the purpose of this show today is to educate you, mom and dad, and other people, counselors, first responders of all types, medical people, 
to understand the impact of shame and adversity in becoming a victim of human trafficking and more important to give you some tools to help you overcome it. I believe it's the single biggest contributing factor for becoming a sex trafficking victim. Uh, you know, it's shame is like an internal secret that no one else would suspect. But somehow, as I was saying at the break, it becomes a quiet billboard for a predator. They have a way of sensing it. Um, it could be that you're more shy or you're more willing to take risks or you're really far out there. Uh, I often think all of these kids that and not I don't want to lump them all that way. Some of them might just be being creative, but. A lot of these kids that go into um, Satanism and they tattoo themselves all up and they put on this wild makeup and, you know, dye their hair purple and get all these tattoos and like that, that that they are, you know, instead of quietly um, dealing with their shame, they're blatantly dealing with a, a low self-image. And so they're overcompensating. But equally dangerous is that child who doesn't really believe in themselves, who doesn't feel accepted, who is unable to find that warrior, that that internal strength. And, you know, if that's your child, stop and listen and then think about your lives and what impact does your life have on that child and what can the two of you do as a team to kind of give them some inner strength and build up that self-esteem. That self-esteem factor is the greatest factor on whether or not they're going to become victims of violation. I often think that that parents who have been violated may transfer that shame to a child. Now, I'm not a psychologist, but, uh, you know, in looking at, number one, the number of kids who are violated, you know, oftentimes the parent, as you began to interview them, and this would be a very good um, research study as of the number of kids that have been sextorted and also the number of kids that have been in commercial sex where their parents previously violated. I, I see that because time and again, when you start to talk about people who are violated, they come from some sort of dysfunctional home. Uh, There are many kinds of shame, by the way, not just, uh, you know, suspecting shame based on sex. However, I think that sexual shame is probably one of the deepest, um, most penetrating kinds of influences in a child's life. And I share that with you because if you're in a marriage that isn't working out, And the child feels that there may be a divorce, even if you're not going to divorce, if you've thrown that out there, or one of you is cheating, or one of you is addicted to pornography, that child will internalize that they're not enough, that it's their fault somehow, that they need to try harder. Children of divorce carry that scar all their lives. They never feel uh, complete. They will even even if you tell them over and over now it's not your fault. You know, Daddy and I just don't love each other anymore. Mommy and I, you know, we have our differences, kind of thing. They will internalize that themselves. 
I also want to point out that if you're having an affair, it will not be done in private. You may think it's in private, but that child is an extension of your DNA, and they can sense that. Kids have a way of doing that. There's also a shame of poverty. I've known many people who came through the the um, depression, and they lived all their lives with the shame of poverty. And, you know, half of their lives were spent uh, focused on making sure that never happens again kind of thing. Now, shame can be a very positive growing factor if you're willing to recognize it. But I want to... I want to continue a little bit first before we go down here because the next two sections will be all about how to overcome it. Some of it is the shame of not being successful at work or being um, feeling less than because you were passed over for a promotion, even if it wasn't that you didn't do anything wrong and the other person had better skills, you experienced the shame that you didn't get the job. Uh, shame sometimes will drive gambling addictions. It'll drive uh, sexual experimentation. It will drive pornography uh, pornography uh, addictions. In fact, I would say shame might be the greatest factor in pornography addiction because it's a way of uh, feeling like you're okay even though you yourself in your own mind know that maybe you can't um, uh, measure up. Shame also comes out in excessive spending. Uh, Shame may come from not getting your parents' approval. Uh, You know, your parents are probably, if if that's your scenario, were shame-based because they probably did not get their parents' approval and did not know, so therefore do not know how to give you approval. But it's internalized. It's experienced as if I'm not enough. I'm not lovable. I'm not cute. I'm not thin. I'm not uh, funny. Uh, I'm not, period. And... uh, It's an interesting thing. Uh, We use denial as a protection in uh, in this. We we are experiencing the shame, but it uh, shame is like a lock on our soul. It is like someone else has put us in prison, and we've agreed to it, and we've handed them the key as they walk away. And from there on out, we will function with prison-like limitations because we believe. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting. People say things in our childhood that form our shame. And the key is that we believed them. And uh, that is really one of the factors in overcoming shame is to recognize what we believed simply was not true. You know, all of us are born with advantages and disadvantages. Some of us are born with a lot of disadvantages. And some who are born with a lot of advantages still experience shame because it isn't based on reality. Shame is based on perception and the processing and interpreting of events. And the way that you overcome that is that you learn to reinvent yourself. You learn that um, you, you give up the denial as a protection source, and you decide that you are going to not be a victim, uh, 
but that you are going to succeed, that you are not going to succumb to trauma, but that you are literally going to be a person who functions from triumph. And that this is really, really an important lesson for you to learn because you're a parent. And if you can learn to give up the the uh, trauma and give up the uh, shame and the perception of failure, and you can begin to teach yourself to to that you're not a victim, that you're a winner, you can convey that to your child and stop this kind of generational shame that has formed your family and dominated your family for generations before you. And you can be the change that makes the difference for generations to come. This is Opal Singleton, Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. We're up against that break. We will be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers, will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. 
Well, hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are talking about how to overcome shame and adversity. Whenever I prepare for one of these shows, I always look at outside resources. I I have, you know, while I may be somewhat egotistical, I have no belief that I am uh, the one and all for all these subjects. And I, I have found two that I want to present to you today and encourage you to get involved with and follow One of them is an article written by Barry at Live Bold and Bloom, and that's Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, at Live Bold and Bloom. Now, I want to contact Barry and see if I can get him on one of my shows uh, because he does some helpful, helpful work on here. What I wanted to do is, in, in looking at shame, is how do you overcome it? And uh, in Live Bold and Bloom, it, the article is Overcoming Shame. Uh, he talks about um, that what shame is. Shame feels like you've done something very wrong, so wrong that your self-esteem withers. You see yourself as seriously flawed. Shame generally has its roots in our family of origin. In one or both of our, our parents, we're bound in shame. They pass the painful legacy to us through their feelings about themselves. Children are particularly vulnerable to shame because they develop their identity based on their parents' reaction to them. Now, I want to do a takeoff on this. I believe this is also happening because our kids uh, are being co-parented by technology. And uh, I should write that out. I've never said that before, but it is because they're spending more time with, I'm going to write that down. I like that word, co-parented by technology. (laughs) Anyway, because they're spending more time on their technology than with their parent. And if they get on there and they get violated or they get abused by a pedophile or a stranger, and if you're letting them in those video game chat rooms before they have adult uh, cognitive reasoning, there's a good chance that they're going to have their their character formed by total strangers, some of who aren't very nice. And so I do believe that we're going to have technology, shame-based technology um, encounters going on here. So they're saying if your identity is based in appearance reaction to them, if you grew up in a neglectful, abusive, controlling, or otherwise dysfunctional family, then shame is an inevitable consequence of your painful experience. And uh, it, it starts to talk here about, sadly, how we were treated by others when we were children becomes the way we internally treat ourselves. I believe that is absolutely a true statement that Mr. Barry over here is saying, Barry at Live Bold and Bloom. The experiences around us, which we were shamed as children, become unconscious triggers for feeling and expressing shame as adults. Uh, We develop a myriad of unhealthy coping mechanisms to muffle our feelings, all of which were a negative impact on close relationships. He talks about anger, withdrawal, blame, contempt, control, perfectionism, people-pleasing, and I would add in their addiction, alleviate the pain of feeling inadequate and unlovable. Recovering from shame and rebuilding self-esteem and self-love takes time and patience, but it can be done. Now, what I'm going to encourage you, especially if you're one of those males or females that were violated, if you have never dealt with that violation in your life, whether it's emotional or physical, I would encourage you to stop and go into counseling. You can do it quietly and just make up your mind. 
this is not going to control me anymore. And I do not want me to not work with it and then pass it on to my children without realizing. It's like I've allowed a ghost to take over my household and it will then define my children who will define their children. So you be the hero and start it off. Go and say, you know what? I'm taking back control of my life and I am going to deal with this and we are going to get past it. This family will be the last generation that is shame-based and shame-controlled. So um, Barry here gives us eight uh, strategies for overcoming shame and restoring self-esteem. I'm going to ask Susie to put the link on our uh on this site here so you can look at it in writing but number one revisit your childhood um it's important to have a realistic understanding that shame is not your fault you're an adult now with adult judgment and perspective look at the small innocent child you were and how incapable of understanding it is you desperately needed approval and unconditional love and it wasn't forthcoming by the way The need for love is often interpreted in our society as a weakness. He's not saying that, I am. And and that is not true. We all need love. It is a common commonality. It's a common factor among all of us. It is how we decide to pursue the fulfillment of that love that will make the difference in our life. He talks about here uh, seeing a therapist uh, journaling about the experience, review it from an adult perspective. Use this perspective to help you reframe the experience. Re- number two, recognize your triggers. This may be difficult at first because we bury, we deny, deny, deny our feelings and that all of this is really happening because we have years and years of coping behavior. So start with those triggers. Were you rejected in some way that reminded you of some childhood rejection? Were you caught in looping thoughts about an event that feels bad to you or feels shameful to you? Once you know what those triggers are, then you can begin to reframe them. That's my words, not his. Number three, practice self-compassion. This is very, very important. Once you understand what the trigger is, you know, pretend, uh, recognize it, give yourself the same kindness and love you give others and pretend that you are a cherished and valuable person. When a secret, you are. We are all chosen, cherished children of God. Literally, self-compassion can act as an antidote to self-criticism. Watch your mental thinking. Are you critical of yourself? Or do you function from fear? Do you function from uh, anxiety? Then take a look at what's triggering that and then start to say, you see, it is not the event in your life, but it is how you perceive that event. And so this is why in the next uh, one that we talk about, we can talk about the fact that, that no one can make you a victim but you. You can reap define that trigger in your life of what is controlling you and make it a powerful thing. Challenge your thoughts. You know, look at your conversations and situations where you feel shame or self-critical. If you continue that, you're only giving more power to your shame. Your job is to weaken that shame over you. And you can do that by challenging your thoughts. 
shame-based thinking is usually based on dire predictions or you're doubting your own ability to deal with this anxiety or choosing to focus on the negative. Again, you can only be a victim if you choose to be a victim. You can be a winner if you choose to be a winner. Rather than believing everything your mind tells you, find evidence to the contrary and retrain your mind. You know, part of you knows you're not a bad and unworthy person, but your thoughts aren't the truth or the entire truth. When your shame-based thoughts, which were programmed into you very, very young, are not challenged, they will continue to control you. So challenge those shame-based thoughts. Stop, look at them, and challenge them and say, you know, I don't know that that's true. You know, yeah, maybe I've been a little heavy in my life. That that does not mean I'm not a winner, and I can challenge that. In fact, lately, me, myself, personally, I, I, got, I put on some weight after my husband died. I, I started having to finally get the strength to challenge that and say I can change that. No one likes feeling shame and weak, unworthy feelings that shame fosters. When we live with our shame, we add to our pain by feeling shame about our shame. So it's multi-layered. If we don't stop the triggers, then it becomes like dominoes going round and round, playing on each other, and what if, what if, what if, and then it creates in us a weakness that makes us vulnerable so other people can take advantage. Give yourself permission to accept that you feel shame when you feel it and then decide that you are going to change that. Avoid shame reinforcers. If there's people in your life that are reinforcing the shame, then find a way to separate yourself from them, especially in the beginning when you're trying to redefine yourself. Sometimes we get into relationships based on shame. Get away from that relationship. You have a choice to be in a relationship that is emotionally healthy. You can avoid immature, dysfunctional people and choose to surround yourself with supportive, understanding, and loving people instead. If you're married to someone who triggers your shame, get into counseling, hopefully together. It is painful to let go of relationships if they're harmful, but if there's someone in your life harming you, you need to get away. Accept love and kindness about yourself. The feelings of unworthiness attached to shame, making it very difficult to accept love and kindness from others. In fact, you might even distrust people who are kind to you because they can't discern that you're really bad or unworthy. You just assume if you really know what I'm like, I'm using my own words, by the way. If you really knew what I was like, you wouldn't love me. You can change that. You can make a decision that if you know what I'm really like, I am worthy. I'm not more worthy than other people, but I am worthy, chosen child of God. And then practice forgiveness. Forgiveness of self. You may not really need forgiveness for anything, but it probably feels like you do. You want absolution. You want all the shameful feelings to be washed away. The only person going to really offer you absolution is you. You are the guard holding the key to your own internal person. Whatever failings you might perceive in yourself, why not just give yourself a pass? 
And so all of this is coming from an article from a guy by the name of Barry at uh, Libbold and Bloom. And I want to get a hold of Barry. I would highly recommend that you look him up, that you follow that if you want to get that. I believe this is important in the fight against human trafficking because I believe we have to start with the parents, especially if we're putting our kids on technology, to teach our kids about shame and guilt and their own self-worth and value. A shame-based person on the Internet is probably the most vulnerable person on earth just waiting to be picked off by a predator. This is Opal Singleton. It's Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are up against that break, so stay with us. We're going to be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. This is Opal Singleton, host of Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Did you know that every day in America, more than 9,000 kids are sextorted? That means blackmail with an illicit or naked photo. This does not have to happen. Million Kids has been educating in schools for over eight years now. And it is my dream to make a documentary that we can give to free to every school in America across the nation to educate our kids about how the Internet works and where a naked photo goes when you hit send. But we need matching funding on this. So if you have it in your heart today to support us in this documentary, please go to GoFundMe Million Kids. That is GoFundMe Million Kids and donate today. We can make this world a safer place for your kids and our kids. GoFundMe Million Kids. Thank you for your support. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited. Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. 
Well, hello and welcome back. Thank you for sharing with me today. I so much appreciate each and every one of you that donate to our organization, especially those that are going on to the GoFundMe and Find Million Kids and donating to get this documentary made. I believe it is, you know, uh, one of the most important missions I've ever undertaken in my life. I would personally finance it, but I don't have that kind of money. Uh, I am now a widow, and uh, I would I would do what I could, but I and I do what I can. But I need your help to get that documentary made. I believe that it will be the most impactful thing that we can do in 2019 to change millions and millions and millions of lives. So if you're interested in getting involved with that, I would appreciate it. You can either go to millionkids.org and donate. Or you can go to GoFundMe and find Million Kids and then get involved and donate that way. And uh, we, and I'll let you know when my new book comes out. It should be in the next four weeks. Well, I want you to know that the reason I wanted to do this show on shame and adversity is that my therapist had me reading a book that has been a life-changing experience for me. And I, I don't say that lightly. I don't, uh, you know, I, I, I read a lot of books. I read a lot of research. But this book really was incredible on my heart. I'm not through it with it yet. But I do want to take the last section here to share with you. The book is called The Choice, Embrace the Possible. The Choice. It is written by Dr. Edith Eva Egger, E-G-E-R, Dr. Edith Egger, called The Choice, and I highly recommend you either get it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you're going to get it. It is an amazing book. It is a bit of a hard read, quite frankly. This uh, woman, she must be 92. I believe she lives in San Diego, and I'm going to see if we can track her down and have her on our show. Uh, I don't have any money to pay if if we need to do that, but... uh, Uh, I do believe her message needs to be everywhere. So you might Google her. There may even be a YouTube. I haven't seen that. Maybe of one of her speeches somewhere. But the choice, this woman lived just a horrendous life through the concentration camps in Germany uh, during World War II. Uh, I'm, if I've got that right, she was a teenager and lived like four years in the concentration. By the time they found her, she her body was laying in a pile of a whole lot of other dead bodies, and they're yelling, anybody alive, raise your hand. And she could not raise her hand. Only at the very end has somebody happened to see the movement of a finger or two, and they were able to salvage her and her sister, the two of them together. She later married and came to America, and she is known. She became a psychologist, and so she deals with PTSD. And she goes out and speaks to uh, military people that have PTSD. I wanted to just quote one of the things. She says, this is why I now object to pathology, pathologizing post-traumatic stress disorder by calling it disorder. It is not a disordered reaction to trauma. It's a common and natural one. The person experiencing it sees himself as someone deeply flawed, but I am not a damaged person. I am suffering the fallout of an interrupted life. Just remember, no one can take away from you what you put in your mind. We can't choose to vanish the dark, but we can choose to kindle the light. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, the 
that chooses one's own way. Each moment is a choice, no matter how frustrating or boring or constraining or painful or oppressive our experience, we can always choose how we respond. I have a choice. This realization will change my life. That's her words. Some of the quotes that are in this, I, I, uh, you know, even in successful, even in success, we find that she felt guilty when she became successful, uh, when everybody else lost. Is there something inside of me that can verify my identity? Uh, I love this one. We were going into limbo, looking back and moving on. It's just my own loss that hurts. It's the way it ripples out into the future, the way it perpetrates and defines me. If you live, you have got to stand for something. Just remember, no one can take away from you what you have put in your own mind. Hold on to that childlike part of us, the lively and curious part, the part that is innocent. The choice whether to be a victim or to be someone who wins. Visualize yourself, not the life event. And so the words in her book are just really, really powerful. This is called The Choice. What is mine to do with my life? I've been given. And so I get to choose. No one can make me a victim but me. We all have some sort of shame-based foundation, We all experience some level of failure and rejection, but we can choose how we're going to do that. And I encourage you as adults to do that. If you have been victimized in your life, get help. It is so important for your next generation, for your children. The veil of denial must come down. Your kids will see it whether you see it or not. My name is Opal Singleton. This show is called Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. I would hope that you follow us on Facebook. Just go to me and kids and find Facebook. If you have it in your heart to donate, I hope that you would go to meandkids.org and donate or maybe go to, um, to GoFundMe and find me and kids and donate. This is the beginning of 2019. It is a chance to start our life anew, to get a new perspective, to get a new inner strength, to be a way of being a champion for yourself and your family, your children and their children. It all can start with you if you decide. So I hope that you will share this show with everyone you know. I hope that, uh, and by the way, all of these shows are archived. If you want to share this show, go to uh, exploitedcrimes.com. Let me say that again, exploitedcrimes.com. Go to listen and then scroll all the way to the bottom, and that's the latest show. And this show is Overcoming Shame and Adversity. If, uh, if you're already listening to this in archive, you can share this show, you can forward it, you can download it, you can even get an embed code and put it on your own site if you want to do that. If you're a corporate leader or, or someone, a church that would like to have us come out and make a presentation to you, you can contact me at Opal at Me and Kids. Well, we're off to a great start. I wish you and your family and your, your co-workers and all the people that you love, that we have a great and productive 2019 and that we all work together to make sure that we keep kids safe from predators. This is Opal Singleton. You folks have a great week. We'll see you next Thursday morning, 7 a.m. Southern California time. Have a good week. 
Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week. We'll be right back. 